Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, January 8th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And Coach, as we get ready for this 10-game slate, a lot of interesting news, and you've got Dirk looking over your shoulder, getting That's us right. a slate. I am ready, man. I, I am fired up debuting some of the, the goods I'm putting up here. Of course, the the wonderful Kobe and Michael, my my favorite picture of all. And then we've got Dirk gracing us with his presence here, overlooking some things. And uh, Masters hat from the actual Masters. Uh, USA basketball from uh, a game we went to in Houston. All kinds of fun memorabilia. I've got some other stuff I'm going to be putting up here Uh John Wooden for the real old timers, best coach in the history of the world, USA coach, or I'm sorry, UCLA coach. I have a, a signed card from him I'll be putting up here. And uh, Michael Jordan, when they won their third, the cover of Sports Illustrated. I got so many good things. I was trying to figure out how to fit them all in. But uh, but anyway, we're uh, just wanted to, to touch on that because you'll notice a new background here. We've Got Andrew with his line drive single as his first uh, pro at bat, which will again grow to a homer by the end of the NBA season, I would imagine. So, <laughs> yes, right. great 10 game slate. We're getting hot. We've had some good lineups. Uh, really enjoy. I want to give a quick shout out before we get started. I know it's a busy slate, but had just really enjoyed the one on ones lately, uh, you know, with our members. I, I love doing that end up, you know, talking generally for 30 minutes to an hour. And we really, you know, and I want to press that a lot for those of you out, you know, that are listening to us <clears throat> that aren't members and are thinking of coming aboard, but we really do have a complete process at Coach Talk. We're not just a DFS lineup provider. We really believe before you get to that point, you have to have a really, really sound bankroll management and contest selection, uh, entire concept built in to what you're doing. And that's what we've been working with all of our uh, members from day one. That mixed with, you know, the, the, you know, all the work we're putting into these lineups really are producing great results and not short-term quick hits. We're talking long-term, build your bankroll. So, you know, this is the perfect time to jump in dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up anywhere from a week to a year. Certainly take advantage of our 149 special that we have with, with BetUS. They're the fantastic partner. And, you know, if you haven't heard that uh, recently, we haven't been playing the commercial here because we're, uh, we're getting the, the podcast up earlier, but it's still available. And what you do is if you go to betus.com.pa and sign up with the promo code Coach Talk, all one word, uh, and deposit 149, you get a full 149 credit with us, which gets you a membership at DFS Coach Talk all the way until April 1st. So take advantage of that, jump in. We would love to have you. And I know you're chomping at the bit to get going on this 10 gamer, Andrew. Yeah, well, I'll just add that, you know, if you haven't been winning, <clears throat> re if you haven't been winning recently, give us a try. My hybrid lineup has gone seven and three on the last 10 slates. And the way we rate that is in cash games on FanDuel. And that's the full lineup that we give out to members every slate. So come on in, 
get that full hybrid lineup, play it, and we'll also teach you what contest to play it in. That's what Coach is talking about, about contest selection, bankroll management. We have a video that we recorded earlier on YouTube that's for members only, and it's only about contest selection and bankroll management. So we're going to help you slowly build the bankroll, and the lineup does cash in GPPs as well, like last night. So it's not just about trying to double your money. Uh, we like the the hybrid lineup that can also cash in single-entry tournaments. So jump in with us uh, either of those two ways that the coach described. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. All right, so in this 10-game slate, Coach, we have nine teams involved in a back-to-back. And when I say that, in case there's any confusion, I'm talking about teams that are either playing the second night of a back-to-back or they're at the front end of a back-to-back because that certainly can affect minutes. So uh, we always like to point that out. We also have three game totals over 230 on BetUS. That's the magic number that I've been tracking. So we'll, we'll mention those as we go. Game number one is Phoenix against Detroit. Seven o'clock tip-off on the East Coast. Lower total here, only 215.5. Phoenix favored by 7.5 on the road. On the Detroit side, the big question marks, Josh Jackson, Derek Rose, both dealing with a knee issue. Uh, Jalen Smith out for Phoenix. So start us off with this one, Coach. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not the most exciting game to start with for a couple of reasons. Uh, First of all, you know, uh, if you're newer to the show, uh, we'll touch a lot on defensive efficiency, team defensive efficiency, because we build out from that as we're doing our uh, building of our lineups, looking at, at each team position by position defensively, and also pace of play, because let's face it, we need every extra possession gives a chance for five, six uh, DFS points, you know, you an assist, a rebound, a put back, whatever the case may be. So we're looking to maximize every single possession. And, you know, that is part of the problem here. You've got Phoenix uh, ninth in the league in defensive efficiency, which is pretty darn solid. Uh, Detroit, on the other hand, is 29th. But you would think Phoenix would be able to really take advantage of that, but they're dead last in pace, last. So, you know, usually when you see a poor defensive team like Detroit, if the other team has somewhat of a decent pace, they're going to really maximize on that. But it tends to even out a little bit more if, if they're a slower pace, which you can't get slower than Phoenix right now. And Detroit's nothing to to really cheer about. They're 16th. So, you know, there are some question marks here that we need to find out uh, health-wise. As you mentioned, some of those guys are going to be key, Rose, et cetera. Uh, And so we got to watch that. Uh, However, you know, as far as the big money guys go in this game, you know, specifically Booker, uh, if you're looking that direction, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like a good mix to me. I'm, interested to get your opinion. Um, Ubre, I'm, I'm frustrated with because he keeps looking like he's going to be okay. And then he, he still throws a lot of duds on the board. Uh, he has gotten better and his price is still good, but it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow right now. The, the you only meant, guy you said, that, you said, Ubre. Who, who did you mean? Um, for Phoenix, I'm talking you about Bridge, Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Okay, Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, and he's he's had streaks where he's made shots, and you know, and and that's it. It gets you enticed, but then again, you'll have you know 15 minute stretch out there where he basically is just running you know back and forth. So 
little concerned there. The guy that that I'm interested in from the Phoenix side is is DeAndre Ayton. He's been sort of quietly, you know, putting up solid DFS numbers. His price isn't crazy, and he's somebody, you know, certainly to consider. On the Detroit side, man, it's it's hard to really pull the trigger. Grant's overpriced, and just the pace of this game. It's not my favorite game by any stretch, but I am going to give a peek to Aiton. What do you think? Yeah, well, on, on the Phoenix side, I think the key word with Aiton that you use there is solid. So to me, he's a potential cash option, right. decent matchup. For tournaments, though, I don't like any of the big three for Phoenix. If you look at Booker, Chris Paul, and Aiton, okay, in their game logs, they've played eight games, Phoenix. Do you know how many times any of those guys have gone over 40 fantasy points on FanDuel? Once? All season. Once. Once for Booker, once for Chris Paul, and none for Aiton. So they just do not have the ceiling because Chris Paul's in the mix. It changes everything. So it's it great for their... Great for the bottom line, their six and two winning record, but it's not great for uh, GPP options. So I'm not. I'm pace, not going pace to pace of play, man. They're dead yeah. last. That's exactly. the killer. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll say is that the power forward position on FanDuel, my initial build here, I'm landing with an open spot somewhere around, you know, five thousand or less. And so Jay Crowder is one of the guys that's in consideration. Yeah, I need a 4K power forward. So so he's in the mix there. And on okay. Detroit, you know, I'm with you. Grant's the only guy I'll consider, but he's he's a little bit expensive coming off that career high, 31 points, uh, nice double-double. So I probably won't get any exposure to this game. Yeah, and you can't roster yourself for Cleveland because they don't play tonight. But, That's right. Uh, we had you on price. the board at 3,500 because they had no other guards left. But okay. then Sexton got uh, ruled in and they, they bumped you. You had to get back in your car and drive back to Maine. <laughs> I was ready for 7X return immediately. All right, game two here. Much more exciting situation, Coach. We've got the Wizards in Boston. And this is the juicy total of 233.5 on BetUS. Yes. Boston, the six-point home favorites. Now, with the Wizards, we've got Bradley Beal coming off that 60-point night. Man, that was terrific. The one drawback here is that this is the front end of a back-to-back for the Wizards. And, you know, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are both around 10K or over 10K on both sites. So they're expensive. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if either one of them goes off. Russell Westbrook, four straight games with at least 20 and 10, including two triple-doubles. So he's very solid, even at that price. Uh, But I'm more interested on the Boston side because... We've got some news here. We've got Tristan Thompson, Robert Williams III, Grant Williams are all out because of the health protocols. Yeah. So Daniel Tice is is really interesting here. Uh, 4,300 on FanDuel. I think he'll get uh, all the minutes he can handle with all those big guys out. Yeah. And then I'm also interested in, in Jalen Brown and, and Tatum on the wings because the Wizards are 28th in defensive efficiency, one of the worst teams and they're fast. They're second in pace. Right. Uh, so, you know, the, the Celtics are not fast. They're 22nd. But they have the sixth best offense. So a few more possessions. They're going to keep scoring against that bad Wizards defense. And the Wizards can score, too. They're ninth in offensive efficiency because of Westbrook and Beal. So I look at this as a high-scoring game. Hope that the Wizards can keep it close. And I'm going to have a significant amount of exposure to the Celtics. 
Yeah, I, you know, I'm with you. I, I really like this game. This is one of my favorite games on the slate, which is unusual because it's usually the later games. Uh, but I just, I like the mix here. Uh, you know, Washington's been competitive and winning a few games here and there. I, you got to love a team that has a super fast pace and plays bad defense. I mean, that's DFS gold. Um, you know, I, I'm actually toying with uh, stacking this game, even though it's a 10-game slate of of three or four guys from this game. Maybe a, a probably a 2v1, but... You know, I, I really think Tice at his price under the circumstances without all those bigs is is really hard to pass up. Bryant doesn't play good defense. Uh, you know, he ought to maximize 7X, you know, with his eyes closed tonight, I would assume. So he's going to be in play for me big time. You know, in a game like this, I, I think you almost have to roster. I know it sounds silly, but you almost have to roster either Tatum or Brown, if not both, because, I mean, you're not going to get a much better situation than this. You've got uh, a super fast-paced team that plays no D. It's on the first side of a, a back-to-back. And Boston, you know, they need to get some some more wins under their belt. They've been sneaking by and just squeezing by some games. So uh, definitely Tatum or Brown or both will be in my lineup. I don't really want to go three deep, so with favoring toward Tice, I'm going to try to make a decision there. And then on the Washington side, you know, I'll tell you, it's Beal's game, as great as it was, really fizzled at the end. He just sort of ran out of gas a little bit in that fourth quarter. They defended him well. Um, But, you know, I think just after watching that game, I think Westbrook, as, as crazy as his price is, may be the play here. Um, you know, Boston's backcourt hasn't been the healthiest with with uh, Smart being dinged up, and et cetera. So, you know, Westbrook looks fantastic. He does. It, it drives you crazy, though, because he almost blew that last game because he insists on taking threes for no reason. And it's just mind bending because he can't make them. He just doesn't make them very often. And if he stays within his game, though, with this pace, and the way he's finishing at the rim and distributing the ball, I just, I mean, he's such a 50-burger plus. Now, the problem is you got to have that to make value here. So it is it is a little gut-wrenching at his number. But, man, it would be so nice to have an early game with, like, Tatum, Tice, and Westbrook, you know, and, and enjoy a nice little lead instead of having to catch up all the time. Yeah, I, it, it'll certainly happen if, if Westbrook – has a ceiling game, no doubt about it. All right, game three, coach. We've got uh, another dud. Oklahoma City against the Knicks. Over under only 209 and a half. Knicks favored by two and a half. Injury news on the Knicks side. Neela Kina, Obi Toppin, Alec Burks still out. Knox is probable. And Nerland's Noel questionable. Pokashevsky out for OKC. Any interest in this one? This this is a really rough game to swallow. You know me with any time the Thunder are playing, even though they won that last one, stuck it in my eye. But uh, they they're just the pace, their the, the flow. It's just hard to watch. Uh, defensive efficiency wise, the Thunder are 17th, which isn't bad. The Knicks are seventh though. I I just you know again I'll soapbox it. I don't care. Anytime I can toot the horn of a coach, you you 
It's amazing to me, though, if you look at Tibbs and his career, you it doesn't matter his personnel, whether it's Jimmy Butler and whomever, wherever he is, whoever he's coaching, whatever the personnel is, you can look back historically, and his teams are always in the top 10 defensively, period. And so you tell me that that Knicks team that couldn't stop anybody last year now is a seventh-rated team. Again, it's eight, nine games. I get it's short sample, but it's an impact. And his pace of his team is 26, always in that bottom 10, same thing. He wants to control the pace, control the game, and defensively uh, step forward. And the guys doing it, Knicks are like 500 or right in that neighborhood and are starting to show some life. Knicks fans getting excited. So, you know, you've got 17th and a 7 defense, which is scary. Pace, 15th and 26th, nothing to write home about either. Yes, the Knicks and Tibbs play his guys 40 minutes a game, you know, which always makes you want to consider Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, maybe even Elf Payton. Those three uh, specifically are really getting the minutes and the production. However, because of the size of the slate and the options out there with the pace, the defense, and everything considered, I, I really feel like this is a pass game. I don't want to sit there biting my nails trying to get my uh, nick or two to to 5x so i'm gonna pass okay so i have one price that i like here because i think yeah definitely on on fandle he's only 5500 i I could read i could probably guess your guys every every game you let me do it (laughs) i mean the guy you talk about minutes 42 minutes against utah 38 fantasy points his backups are dinged up too yeah yeah it's just one of these guys that they're not pricing up on Fanduel, so i'm going to take advantage of it i know uh, I, I don't understand why they're not moving them it's bizarre we'll take it so R- randall i love but too expensive rj barrett the same thing one guy to keep an eye on mitchell robinson okay the last two games he's had six and five stocks he's averaging 33 DraftKings points in those two games and he's 5,700. So he's giving you right around 6x, um, gaining a little confidence, uh, gaining some minutes. So this might not be the slate form with Tice being you know 1,400 cheaper, but just just keep an eye on him. I'll tell you by by me saying this, he's probably a guaranteed falling out tonight. But he's actually had a little stretch of three or four games where he doesn't look like he panics and picks up that fourth foul like a crazy man so i think he's starting to get it and that like you said with the stocks he has every time he plays he's always got to be a consideration absolutely all right game four we've got charlotte and the pelicans and it's Lamelo against lonzo yes and man this is this is just amazing how this has happened i can still remember crazy. watching Lamelo over in Lithuania. It felt like yesterday on on Facebook. I, I remember watching play together at Chino Hills. That yeah. just not night that wasn't that long ago either. And all of a sudden, school. they're they're yeah. matching up in, in the NBA. And then who would have thought preseason that coming into this game, Lamelo would be more expensive than Lonzo on both sites? Unbelievable. He's been he's been more consistent than Lonzo, uh, getting good minutes. Uh, the problem is this is the most expensive he's been. So you figure he's going to be up, uh, certainly ready to go against his brother. But I, I'm not really excited about paying the price tag. So I don't I don't think I will. Um, you know, you look at the game environment and uh, Pelicans, again, are slow. 
and they're very good on defense this year. They're fifth in defensive efficiency. Coaching. Both teams are bad at offense in terms of efficiency, 27th and 25th. Charlotte has good pace. Uh, they're 10th in, in that department. But, you know, not not thrilled about this game. Uh, Hayward is in play for me coming off that 44-point game against Atlanta. Uh, so that's terrific. He's still a, a reasonable price, especially on FanDuel. And then Brandon Ingram is is a decent price on DraftKings. You know, he's probably the, the guy I would look at if anybody. And then the news here with the bench with the Pelicans is that Redick is questionable. If he doesn't play, you could look at Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who got 27 minutes against OKC in the last game, 13 points, five rebounds, and assist. At 3,300 on DraftKings, you know, great candidate to smash value if uh, Redick is out. I think that's a great point. He's he's my value play in this game as well. Uh, maybe not maybe not quite going to make the cash cut for me, but it's certainly a great GPP play. I agree with you. I mean, he is a, a points per minute guy when he gets the opportunity to play. It's just you're not guaranteed his minutes. So we we definitely need to keep an eye on the Reddick news there. You know, I'm not going to buy into the 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 ball narrative here. I think they're both overpriced. I know. You know, Lonzo's lower than LaMelo, but I just, I don't want to pay up for either one of those guys. You know, you got a, a 13 and a third defensive efficiency, two teams in the top half. That, you know, that's not great. And New Orleans is definitely Van Gundy's playing control ball, similar to like Tibbs is, you know, controlling the pace of the game. So I'm not thrilled about it. You know, I've been on this, the Gordon Hay- Hayward bandwagon like maniac with his usage and everything. We brought him up several times, and he's really producing. I, you know, the his price is now getting a little bit cumbersome, though. The the one guy that I sort of like here, and and you didn't mention him, and I wanted to know your opinion on it. I definitely value it, but I'm thinking about Zion. You know, everybody's talking about the balls and all this stuff, and I think Zion may have the balls here. You know what I'm saying? He might. <laughs> He might. I, I'm never going to bet against Zion. I love his game. Um, you know, so it makes Spice sense to me. It's not bad. It's fair. So to me, he's it's a fair play. You know, he, he's not really getting the ceiling games. He's been pretty consistent. You know, you can feel good about 40 fantasy points. But, you know, he's not getting the ceiling games like, like Ingram can get here. Right. So that's why if I'm going to play one, I probably would pay up for Ingram. And and you know though you got to remember too with with it, he's not a great player but he's a big presence as Zeller has been out with with that busted up hand so really they they have an undersized Biombo playing center and then they'll play PJ Washington at center a bunch of times so the they are very uh, susceptible in the paint and I'm just thinking Zion might want to crunch a couple of dunks in there but Could we'll be. see all yeah. right yeah it's gonna be fun it's a good are game you, yeah no doubt. Game five, uh, down towards your neck of the woods here. We've got Orlando against Houston, and they're actually on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to head over to Dallas on Saturday, make yeah. the Texas swing here. This total is 225, Houston favored by six. Um, in terms of the injury news, Markel Fultz, unfortunately, out for the season. Yeah, uh, That's a real shame. Michael, Car- Michael Carter Williams is also out. So we've got Cole Anthony that we need to discuss. Uh, Fournier is questionable with the back. It seems like he might go the Anthony Davis route this year and just be questionable every single game. 
On the Houston side, Daniel House is out. And then the other big news here, Christian Wood questionable with the knee. That's a so, big, big news there. Is there any news on Michael Carter-Williams? I've got him out. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. So are you interested in this game? I My very favorite play on the board is in this game because of the value, because of the what I see as the usage and the minutes. I I think the first guy in my lineup today is Cole Anthony. He's going to play almost all the minutes a point. He's playing well. His, you know, his shot's going to come along, but he's seeing the floor. He's not turning it over crazy like a rookie does. Uh, I just love his value in this game uh, against a questionable Houston backcourt defense. And uh, defensive efficiency-wise, Orlando's fourth, but Houston's 23rd. So I think Orlando can take advantage of that. If Christian Wood doesn't play, it brings Vukovic much more into play for me. Uh, I think he, you know, this this may become the Anthony Vuk game for me, uh, dependent on that news. And, you know, from a pace standpoint, they're both in the middle of the pack, 14th and 17th. So, you know, it's a little bit tougher for me on the Houston side because now we're in that, okay, you know, is Harden going to be able to pay value with Wall getting his minutes? Cousin needs the ball a little bit. But, you know, I I would assume we need to go back to the well if Wood doesn't play to Cousins again because his price and he was what for us, 10X or something. So, you know, uh, if, if Wood sits, this could be the second most important game for me on the night with uh, Anthony, Vuk, and Cousins. I agree. If Wood sits, I'll go back to Cousins at that price. I had him in every single lineup last late. Love that 10X. Uh, and so it's going to be tough on FanDuel to pick between Cousins and Tice. It is. On DraftKings, obviously, you can play both. In fact, Tice is also power forward eligible on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah so you could get a, well. Yeah. You could get a third center if you want. Um, on the on the Orlando side, you know, Cole Anthony, I, I love the opportunity for him here. My big concern is looking at these numbers. He's 30% on the season field goal percentage. And I know. Then, 19% on three pointers. Yes. I, I, you know, the saving grace could be that if he gets to the line, he's 90, 95% there, um, which, which I really like out of a point guard at 5,000. I think, again, I think he makes sense for cash. I'm just, I'm not ready to put him in a hundred percent of my lineups, but I think, you know, it's funny for me. I think he's actually more of a GPP play. Um, See, I think he's safe because I, I really truthfully think he's going to play 35 minutes. And, you know, if Michael Carter-Williams was playing, I, I wouldn't be as strong about it. But he really doesn't have a true legit backup that they really can count on. And in watching him, even though his percentages are bad, and that, which is fine because that'll keep his ownership down, but he's not afraid to take the shots. He's just not quite making them yet. I think, you know, he's a, and he's also a finish at the at the rim guy, too. Uh, so I'm with you. I know it's, it seems risky for cash, but I feel like his floor is very, very safe at that number. He's going to be an interesting guy on this slate. One other guy I want to mention, Aaron Gordon, only 6,600 on DraftKings. Yeah. Last three games, 28, 28, and 27 minutes. I yeah. think he could, he could do well in this game environment. So I've got my eye on him as well. So we've got a lot of interest in this one for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game, a good DFS game. I really do. We just 
we really need the wood news to to finalize what we're doing. Yes, we do. So, of course, um, follow us on Twitter uh, for updates, DFS Coach Talk. While you're there, you can follow the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can find me at Language Olympic. And our man, Sugar Shane, is at D-E-T Sports Shane. All right, Coach, second half of the slate here. Game number six is Brooklyn against Memphis. This is an 8 o'clock Eastern tip. Lower total here, only 218. Uh, both teams coming in on a back-to-back. Brooklyn favored by two and a half. Right now, as, as we record this, Kyrie is officially doubtful. We both think he's not going to play for personal reasons. Kevin Durant continues to be out. So it's, it's another Karis Levert opportunity. Uh, he was terrific last night. As as chalk, he paid off, almost had a triple-double in 32 minutes. I think he can do it again here against Memphis. They're 14th on defense. Um, you know, in terms of pace, Brooklyn's pushing it. They're fourth. Memphis is in the middle at 18th. Um, and then Brooklyn has really been efficient. Whoever they've had out there, they're second in the league in offensive efficiency. It's It's like whoever they get the ball to is just tremendous because he's got shooters all around him. So... Yeah. I'm ready to play Levert again, and you know the value plays there are in play for me again. Joe Harris really went off last night, 30 minutes off the bench, a huge fantasy night. He's only 4,900 as a small forward on FanDuel. And then TLC, he got over 6X off the bench with 26 minutes. He's in play at a, at a good price. Uh, Chris Gioza, I, I know some people played him yesterday at minimum price. He got about 8x return in his 16 minutes. You know, he could uh, have similar production here, similar minutes on, on the second night of a back-to-back. You could go there. And then on the Memphis side, um, not really interested in anybody there. Melton, he was good for us on on DraftKings. Let, yesterday we, we locked him in. He got almost 7x. He, he was a fire symbol. That, that's what we're looking for. He's still a good price. But you've got some other value guards today, so I don't I don't think you need to go there on a, on a ten game slate. How are you looking at this game? Well, I I mean there's we talk about it all the time. There's good chalk, bad chalk, and then chalk that you just have to eat regardless if he's a hundred and ten percent owned. And that's Karis Levert. I mean, if you don't put Karis Levert in your lineup and you're playing cash, you're just doing it wrong. I mean, you have to play him. There's several reasons. One. Just the usage numbers are beyond belief with, you know, with Kyrie and Durant off the floor for Levert. I mean, he handles the ball. Basically, everything goes through him. He's going to get, you know, so. But here's the key. Even if he just has a mediocre game or very average, you have to have him as a blocker in case he does get you that 60-point fantasy game. Because if, you know, if you don't play him, and he's probably going to be 80, 80% owned, something crazy like that, even on a big slate like this. But if you don't have him and he gets that 60, you're you're chasing your tail right from the get-go. If he just does average, it doesn't kill you because everybody else has him. So it unfortunately, it's one of those scenarios with all the Brooklyn injuries that you just plug Levert in and don't even think about it as, you know, on all sites and all formats. So I think that's a no-brainer. You certainly can go other you know, spots. Harris coming off the bench, playing good minutes, doing well is a fine play. You know, I know TLC and some other guys can go off, but for a cash player, for me, it just becomes so nerve wracking at times with guys like that, because 
one game they'll get a bunch of opportunity and the next game they won't and it's you know you're you're really it's really tight but a couple of the brooklyn plays are fine for uh you know for gpps but i think you just start and end with lavert on cash and, and not even stress it from there um on the on the memphis side i do like how melton's they're building him up building him up and we've talked about that on the last couple of pods and he's getting more minutes and he will be a, a, a pretty good focal point uh, with jaw being out for so long. You know, your other option there, if you want to go inside, Brandon Clark had a fantastic game the last time out. He's can be hit or miss though as well. More of a, a, a real nice GPP play. Joe Val has been, you know, with Jen getting minutes, there's been a lot of rotation there. Brooklyn with the combination of Jared Allen you know, and Jordan and and even uh, Green, they're just, they've done very well defensively. I mean, fifth, top five in defensive efficiency. And so I don't, I'm not comfortable with really rostering Memphis in this game in particular. I think uh, I definitely take Levert. If there is a, a cheap way or I need the value, I could look uh, at a Harris, uh, possibly a Melton, and, you know, if need be, Clark's come up a little bit in cost. But, you know, you can look there, but I don't think it's a, a focal point game beyond Levert. Okay, agreed. Let's turn to uh, Milwaukee because that's where the Utah Jazz are going to play the Bucks tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern. Then this is one of our games over 2.30 on yeah. BetUS. It's 2.31.5, Milwaukee favored by 5. They're on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to host Cleveland tomorrow. Doesn't that Andrew- number seem low? Well, I th- it feels about right. I, it's, it's a game that I'm interested in for the total. So, uh, you know, I, I'm fine with that. I, I might go over it. Um, it you know, just was- seems like Mil- Utah struggled and Milwaukee at home is just such a monster. I, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I mean, the, the I, if I played a game on the slate, I'd take Milwaukee minus five personally. Yeah, I mean Utah is struggling. They've lost two in a row on this road trip in in New York, so yep. they they need to pick it up for sure. In terms of the injury news, we've got Pat Connaughton out. Uh, Sam Mer- Merrill is probable, and then with Utah, Favors is probable, and Joe Ingles is questionable. So that could yeah. really change some things. Uh, break this one down for us. You know, it, it it's it's really difficult for me to to figure this game. Like I say, I I generally picture the lines in my head before I look at them to you know see if there's a, a massive discrepancy. And I had Milwaukee at about eight and a half, which is a big you know to be three and a half off is very unusual for me. So I just I like Milwaukee in this game. I you know Giannis is so great. It's just not even funny, but. You know, it's it's so hard on a slate this big to pay up, you know, that high, especially if if we're if I'm going to be spending a good chunk of my change in that Washington Boston game. So as much as I'd like to take him, you know, certainly Giannis gets the majority of his points at the rim. Uh, Gobert's the two time defensive player of the year protecting the rim. So, if you know, if there's a reason not to play Giannis, I guess that's it, which isn't much of one. But. Um, you know, I'm trying to to uh, reason with it in my brain of not rostering him. So I'm going to use the go bear protecting the rim excuse for this one. Um, you know, other guys you can look at for Milwaukee. Certainly Middleton's been very, very steady. Uh, you know, he, he's been getting it done. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 
is in play, especially with the pace in this game. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's fifth in pace. Um, Utah only 22nd. But, you know, defensive side, Utah's 18th. Milwaukee's out of the top 10. They're, they're 12th, which is the first time in, for a year and a half in Bud's coaching there that they haven't been in the top 10 defensively. So there's probably going to be points that the line suggested, suggested as well. Um, Bogdanovich has been stepping up in certain games. You can give him a look. Um, you know, I'm not dancing in the streets for any of these guys, but I, I certainly will take a second look at Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and probably Middleton. I'm disappointed in DiVincenzo, by the way. I watched him the other day, just didn't like his performance for what it's worth. All right. Big demerit there for sure. Yeah. Um, I do like Mitchell's price is getting better. It's in the 7K range now. Starting to be worth considering, but he just hasn't had the ceiling games with Conley in the mix. Uh, So not really excited about the guards for Utah. We should have a little bit of value if Ingles is out. We should get some more minutes, more usage for O'Neal, Boyan, maybe even Niang off the bench. So, you know, maybe those guys sneak their way into a lineup. Um, but you you really need Utah to pick it up and have this not be a blowout to really be interested in this game. And Giannis, you know, this is a this is a situation where I was hoping to to be able to play him here, but because it's the front end of a back-to-back and his price, to me, he's GPP only. You know, I'm going to think about maybe getting him in the lineup, but uh, again, it, it needs to stay close yeah. in the front end of a back-to-back for him to get enough minutes to, to pay off that value. I'm with you, and that's that's a very good point, too. You know, they certainly don't extend him minutes-wise, there's no doubt. All right, let's head west for the 10 o'clock tip-offs. First up, we've got the Clippers against Golden State, uh, 231 total, and Clippers favored by five and a half. And coach, we had it last time. We told people the one and a half line was just not enough. And here we've got the rematch, and now we've got Curry questionable with, uh, with the ankle that he, that he twisted late in that game. So, I mean, this could really turn into a blowout if he doesn't play because the Clippers are, are finally healthy. Um, in, in terms of uh, the numbers, both of these teams are in the 20s in terms of defensive efficiency. Yeah, and surprising. Golden State, yeah, Golden State number one in pace. But, of course, that's primarily because of Steph Curry. So the game will just change dramatically if he's out. Clippers are slow this year. They're 29th. They're passing a lot. That's part of the reason. I saw a yeah. stat that their their number of passes per per possession has gone up dramatically, um, but they still get it done. They're third in offensive efficiency. So, with everybody back healthy, uh, at least in the in the rotation for the Clippers, in a potential blowout if Curry is out, I'm not looking to play any of them. Pat Beverly would be the one one option you could look at. He's had 28 to 33 minutes in four straight games. So he's getting a few more minutes than he was getting last year, Definitely. but he's still he's still really cheap. So that that's something you could look at. And then if Curry's out, well, you, you know you don't like the Golden State chances of really contending in this game. But Wiggins should get more shots. Oubre should get more shots. Curry's averaging over twenty field goal attempts per game. So somebody's going to have to uh, to get those shots up. Brad Wanamaker would come into play as a value play. He's only 3,300 on DraftKings. I think you could look there if he's going to be in the starting lineup. 
Well, I mean, this game, I, I won't waste a ton of time talking about it because it just it's all dependent for me on Curry. So, you know, if you want to roster Curry and do late swap, this is a perfect spot to be able to do that. There's plenty of guys in the Chicago, L.A. and Toronto, Sacramento game that you can switch to. But if Curry plays, I think he's very playable. I know he'll get some Pat Bev defense. But I'll tell you, the Clippers, its pro- of all the stats so far this year, even though it's small sample size, nine games or whatever, the fact that, that the Clippers are below 20th in defensive team efficiency is shocking. I didn't think – I think they could play blindfolded and finish in the top five with that group of defensive wizards. I mean, if you look at their roster – it's just insane, you know, when you talk about George and Kawhi, both NBA Defensive Players of the Year, you add a, a block in there and all these other guys. I mean, they're just, it's hard to believe they're playing that poor defensively. So, you know, with Golden State's pace, you got to love that. And, you know, if Curry plays, I think it stays closer. This is a definite game. You could lean on some people, uh, you know, and, and, make a two or three game play here uh, with guys and feel comfortable with it. If Curry doesn't play, this game could easily blow out, you know, with the back-to-back scenarios, resting guys, then it becomes, you know, a little bit concerning there because again, on a slate this big, you really can't afford taking a guy and then he doesn't even see the floor in the fourth quarter. So I would say, you know, if you want a guy or two from this game, I support that. But you're going to have to plug them in, have a game plan for switching to whoever, Levine or whomever you're going to, you know, rotate to in one of the other later games. And then you have to follow closely. Follow us. You know, we're in Discord throughout the entire night talking about, you know, players, uh, you know, information when it comes out, whether they're in or out. So uh, it'll be very interesting, but I think it's really news is is extremely important in this game. I think it affects Curry affects the whole outcome. Yeah, with Curry, I guess I look at him a little differently than you today. I, I, he, I wouldn't put him in my player pool because of the questionable issue with his ankle and because just watching that game, you know, the the first matchup here, the Clippers threw a lot of double teams at him. So many good defenders. He struggled with his shot. Uh, so I, I'd rather pay up elsewhere on this slate. But that's a great point in terms of the news with our Discord. And last night was a perfect example where our man Tyler Pitzer posted that news about three minutes before tip-off that Colin Sexton had been scratched. And, you know, we're looking for every single edge for our members. And that's why we're all on on the pulse of the news and um, sharing that information with each other. We even have members who will share information that they see, different tweets um so oh, we're we're a family in discord no we've got each it. other's back and i want to echo what you said because you know in the last month or so we've we've added you know two hugely key important pieces to our coach talk team and that being tyler pitzer and joe stanton i mean they are doing such a fantastic job in discord and in social media of letting people know what's going on and so big shout out to those guys are doing a great job Amen to that. All right, Coach, two games left. Uh, We've got the other Lakers, the other L.A. team here, the Lakers hosting the Bulls. Lakers coming off that loss to San Antonio. 
And they are yeah. nine and a half point favorites against the Bulls over under 225 and a half on BetUS. The news here, we've got KCP questionable for the Lakers, AD and LeBron questionable as usual. Uh, and no big news that I'm seeing on Chicago. So if we get everybody involved in this one, uh, anybody stand out to you? Well, I'll tell you, I, shout out to, to Vegas, man. They, they they know their lines. I mean, everybody, the buzz was, why is the Lakers line so low against the Spurs if both LeBron and AD are playing it? The line made you believe one of them was going to sit. And, you know, when they didn't and San Antonio led the entire game, you know, Vegas knows their stuff. So this is one of those scenarios, again, you know, I hate, I, I feel like I'm passing the buck on this, but it's the NBA and it's the way it is. It's different than Major League Baseball, NFL. It's all news driven. And if you're later games, that's why all the sites do late swap, because it was just overwhelming when you would see guys sit and you had to take zeros. It just wasn't fair. But this is another game. Do we know that that all the Lakers are going to play on a back-to-back? You know, you know, Davis and and LeBron were questionable yesterday and both played. Is there limited minutes? You know, all of those things have to be considered here. Um, you know, I think the Chicago side is safer. I mean, if you roster either Kobe White just murdered it for me last game. He is playing really good ball. Um, I like him in this matchup. And I, I have no problem with Levine as well. I think he's going to get a lot of shots up. We've seen that the Lakers' uh, defensive efficiency, which was number one almost all of last year, has dropped to six, which you know is, is a drop. And a lot of that is because what we said, if you look at the perimeter defense, losing Green, uh, losing Brett Bradley and such, you know, it's it's definitely changed their defensive uh you know, scheme on the outside. As good as Schroeder's been on offense, he's still not a great defender. And, you know, you're you're a little bit more able to score in the backcourt. So I like I like both Bulls guards. It's hard not to. Not that I'm going to stack both of them, but they, I think they're both well in play. And then I think you just got to watch the news on the Lakers because if LeBron or AD sits, you got to play the other one. It's just pretty common knowledge in those situations it's somewhat automatic. So, you know, that changes your whole, shuffles your deck. Maybe you sit at Tatum and then start an AD or LeBron, whatever. But you've got you to keep those things in mind. Now, if you're looking at late swap again, and I'm not, I don't mean to be repetitive, but it's a key factor in winning and taking down these NBA contests. Because if, you know, if you want to build a lineup, and for me, I may, with Curry and LeBron in there, and then all of a sudden those two guys are out. You have to have a plan of how you're going to fill that in. You know, is it a Kyle Lowry in this late game? Uh, is it, you know, uh, maybe a Kawhi or uh, Paul George in that Clippers game? You, you know, you got to look at all the different possibilities there and be prepared uh, to pivot. Because the last thing you want to do is set your lineup and then you have to do the pivots and then you're stuck leaving like a thousand dollars on the table. And I mean, you can win that way, but it's not ideal. It's not, it's not maximizing your potential. So if you can get within two, four hundred, two to 400 bucks and you got to plan if people sit, then that's really the way to go and, and the way to, you know, strategize it out, especially when we have questionable guys in these late games like we do. Yeah. And I see this game similarly, 
the guards for Chicago still in play for me. They're both cheaper on FanDuel, which is nice. And then Kuzma, if he starts on FanDuel, he's only 4,100. Compare that to 55 on DraftKings. Yeah. And, you know, two games ago against Memphis, he didn't he didn't pay it off with that opportunity. But against San Antonio, double-double in 30 minutes. So I, I would consider 4,100 for Kuzma if he's going to start again. Especially if one of the big boys sit for L.A., no doubt. Exactly. All right, last game of the night. We've got Toronto against Sacramento. 10 o'clock tip-off. This total is 225. I kind of like this game. Um, you know, this is the only game on the slate, believe it or not, with both teams above average in pace. Toronto is 8th. Sacramento is 13th. Yes. Isn't that strange? There's Yeah, it never happens that way. But A lot of mixtures here. tonight. But this yeah. one, we've got some pace. Toronto, the five-point favorites. And they've got to be the best team in NBA history that's one in six in terms of all that talent they've got. So they need to get this one uh, in a big way. Sacramento is on the front end of a back-to-back, and De'Aaron Fox is questionable. He obviously left that last game early with with the hamstring issue. So that's another enormous piece of news. If he is out, then it's going to be tougher for Sacramento to compete, and we've got some potential value with Halliburton at a fair price, and even Corey Joseph under 4000 on both sides. I like both of those guys as potential plays if Fox is out. I like how Bagley stepped it up after this spat in the media. You yeah. know, he looked aggressive. He played his most minutes last game, had 21 and 12, 45 uh, FanDuel points, and he's under 6000 on both sides. You could go there. And we do have uh, Rashawn Holmes also questionable. He didn't practice yesterday with an ankle. So there could be some more minutes there uh, for other members of the front court on the Toronto side. I'd like these guards here against Sacramento with this pace and Sacramento is 24th in terms of defensive efficiency. So it's, it's a good spot for Lowry and Van Vliet, both in play for me and your man Siakam really stepped up against Phoenix, got over 30 actual points, which is what you need. Cause you know, if he's going to score 30 points, he's going to mix in a bunch of rebounds and, some other stats. So stocks. Uh, he, he could be in play for me as well. So uh, the thing is, if, if Fox plays, you could stack this game with three or four guys. And if he sits, uh, definitely some value is going to open up. Yeah, I love this game. This is my favorite late game. Uh, you know, this, you know, after the Washington Boston game uh, is probably my, my second favorite game on the, on the slate. I don't think Fox plays, and I'm going to prepare that way. I, you know, again, I don't have any news other than questionable like you guys do, but you have to make some assumptions, especially with all of these questionable moving parts. But I just don't think he pit plays. A hamstring can be bad, and if he really aggravates that, he may be out a month. So I can see with a hammy that he sits. I love Halliburton in this game. I, I think the kid has played with more poise than anybody that's been drafted. I, I really do. I think he's got a chance if he gets all of op- this opportunity like this to be a rookie of the year uh, possibility here. Um, I, I like him in, in this matchup. I like the minutes he's going to get. I like his price. So, you know, for a cash player to have two rookie guards in Halliburton and Cole Anthony, that is seems very GPP-ish and risky, but I, I think they're both safe. I think if Fox sits, uh, I, I just think that their minutes are safe and their production is safe. You know, Toronto, 
again, we warned right from day one, you know, they, they can't play at home. They're playing in Tampa. It's got them all jacked up, I think, and just not playing to the best of, of what they can do. And when you, like you said, when you have the, the, the combination and ending, ending up being the two fastest teams pace-wise that also rank 16th and 26th in team defensive efficiency, which this is first time Nurse has ever been in this, the bottom half since he's taken over the team on defensive efficiency. So, you know, that makes guys in play for me. I love Halliburton. I love Bagley. I think Bagley is playing his, I mean, Bagley is a talented guy that just needs minutes from Walton. And the fact that Holmes is dinged is even better. So I love those guys. Their prices are right. I think they're both very playable. On the Toronto side, I just look right dead at the, the top three guys and want to have one or two of them, and that's uh, Lowry, Van Vliet, and Siakam. I mean, Siakam, has, I've been riding him uh, this season, you know, the redemption season somewhat for him after his horrible performance, sort of like Paul George. Those guys have been stepping up on a consistent basis. So, again, I know all three of them are expensive, uh, but when you look at the pace – and you look at the, the potential of this game, especially if we're going to have some of these other guys that are questionable sit out. I'm very comfortable uh, rostering two of those three Toronto guys and maybe even coming back with two on the Sacramento side. So this, you know, this game in Washington, Boston will be my most exposure tonight. Um, and then we'll see how the rest of this news uh, folds out. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Fun 10 game slate. So Coach, wrap it up for us. All right, man. We, we really appreciate you. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, I know we've been talking about this live streaming thing. It is coming. We're working on it. You got two challenged guys when it comes to this kind of thing. So we're going to make it work. Uh, you know, the big announcement is we're going to do this the podcast every day, whether it be in a podcast form or live stream right around lunchtime. We're going to be consistent with it. We're going to be posting it then early afternoon every day. This way you have all afternoon to check it out, your ride home from work, you know, plenty of time before uh, lock. So if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. That's very important to us. Uh, hit that alert button so you know when these posts every early afternoon and, uh, you know, subscribe. That is also huge. It gets us, uh, you know, uh, in that algorithm with, with YouTube. So we really, really appreciate that. That's important. And then you can catch us every day. We're seven days a week. We're going to be early afternoon posting this every day, give you a chance to really build some info. And then what it comes down to is, uh, you know, jump in with us, dfscoachtalk.com. And, you know, get in our Discord. We're in there all afternoon as all this player news rolls out. We're locking a lineup in with the thought of making some late swaps. And then we'll follow it through the evening as well. So we'd love to have you. Um, we are, you know, we want to be consistent with this so you guys know when to check us out. So, uh, you know, Andrew and I have both committed that we're going to get this sucker up, posted early afternoon every day so that you have the opportunity to check it out. So great job. Awesome lineup last night, by the way. I, I forgot to, to give you a congratulations on that, uh, Andrew, on the front side. Love that that squad that you, you put out there last night. And now uh, we're going to try to double barrel and hit it again tonight. So 
Great stuff. Uh, enjoyed enjoyed it. We're always going to try to keep it under an hour, even in the monster games like this, which we've accomplished today. So hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter uh, at DFS Coach Talk. We're all there. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic and Shane is at D-E-T Sports Shane. So we, we loved it. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you take some big stuff down today, and uh, we'll look for you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.